Welcome to Save Your Spoon. I'm your host, Natalie. I'm so excited to talk about this topic. I have been struggling the past couple weeks um, just because I think the time shift, I don't know about you, always messes me up. I know like it seems harder when it's we lose an hour versus gain an hour, but something about the sun, like I don't know if it's like seasonal affective disorder or I have my happy lamps everywhere just in case, but yeah, something about the time change and then the holiday season. So today we're going to talk about how the holiday season impacts us. I'm a highly sensitive person. I am very easily overwhelmed. I And I think a lot of people do grieve during this season. I think a lot of emotions come up. And on top of it, I am now just changing my core values, especially when it comes to alcohol. And as you may know, a lot of the holiday season involves drinking and going out. I do want to say, just a trigger warning, we will be talking about just family relationships associated with like negative people, whether that be manipulators or narcissists. We will briefly talk about just a little preface in case some feelings come up. I do want to begin to, I've been reading this book about being a highly sensitive person and recognizing your triggers and I'll put that book in the show notes I've been listening on Libby. She talks about the best way to handle emotions is to let them out because it's scientifically proven that the more we keep those emotions in, the more likely they are to ruminate. The more you resist negative emotions, the more they persist. You need to acknowledge and accept what has happened and recognize that emotional processing helps with healing. So if any feelings do come up, I want you to really sit with them. I want you to journal them out. And I'm sending so much love. So if something does come up, feel free to message me too. So I want to begin with saying it is important to go into the season with intention, especially if you get overwhelmed. This way you do know your core values. Know what you accept. You can say no to what you don't accept. You can take the time to honor yourself and self-care have a backup routine if you do have some emotional processing come up if you do feel overwhelmed if you do have to deal with a family member who is overbearing this way you have a plan in order and you can go about tackling the holiday season with a clear mind and I know like it's funny thinking about just how people don't have to do this I need to do it don't feel like you're alone So the first thing I want to talk about is recognizing your triggers. So a couple things may come up in the holiday season, as I mentioned. The first is when you are dealing with a difficult person or a family member. When you're dealing with these people, how do you feel? How is your body reacting? Do you feel tense? Are you open? Do you cringe at some of the comments that they make? Are they outwardly rude to you? Think about the triggers that come up. This will help you later. The next two, if it's anything related to food or eating or drinking, what comes up, what feelings come up, know your triggers. And this could be too in part with other people commenting on these topics. It could be 
your internal trigger of how you relate to these objects and how you relate to your relationship with these items, whether that be eating or drinking. Recognizing these triggers are kind of the first step in terms of utilizing more of your strategies. I do want to emphasize that utilizing therapy is such a good resource, especially when you are early in your healing process, when you are identifying things that trigger you. I think for me, I'm even like subconsciously triggered by things and I'll just randomly start crying and I'm like, oh my goodness, what the hell just happened? And it's just because I've had these repressed ideas for so long. So I'll give you an example. Like when people just assume that I am down for a plan, like they don't tell me the time or something. It'll be like the day of and they're like, okay, so I will pick you up at five. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like I've had my whole day planned out. And so I will literally feel my body tense up. And that's because for me, I have like a very controlled system. And so when people do things like that, for me, when they plan out my day without talking to me, that's something that I've always experienced as a child when I would force be forced to do things I didn't want to. Another example, too, is when you are so scared of saying no to people, that might be a trigger in itself that you clench up and you get so nervous and you have that people-pleasing emotion come up. How am I going to say no to them? They're going to leave me. And that is more like an internal and external trigger. And so that is an example of the next step. I want to list out a couple types of triggers reflecting our pain. So for example, if you often get triggered by the fear of someone leaving, you might still need to heal from abandonment and rejection. If you feel like you're unimportant to loved ones, you might still need to hear from being with an unavailable person or a self-focused caregiver. If you often get triggered by raised voice, tones, just sensing someone's look on your face, you might still need to heal heal from parents being unpredictable. If you need to, this is the example that I kind of used, if you get triggered by authority or being told what to do, you might still need to heal from being controlled or you didn't have a voice when you were younger if you feel that you are not worthy or not good enough you might still need to hear from having to perform to earn love if you worry that someone's someone is upset with you you might still need to heal from a harsh punitive caregiver if you feel like you're a burden your needs may have been ignored or shamed If you often get triggered by feeling dismissed or invalidated, you might still need to heal from not allowed to having or showing emotions. And so I hope this kind of paints a picture of where your triggers can come from, especially when this is a very overwhelmed time of year and more people are going to want to get together and spend time with you. And so, again, one of the first steps is really recognizing your triggers When these triggers do come up, I want you to honor yourself. Don't feel bad for sitting with that emotion. Don't repress it any further. What I would recommend, 
journaling. I like to journal out all my thoughts. I will be bawling my eyes out, writing on a thought or a trigger and just empty out so much stuff that I didn't even know was still deep in there. Therapy, beautiful. Utilizing breathing or like meditation, like even just sitting with the emotion. I will focus all this positive energy coming in. And then just picture my worry leaving my body. Yoga is really beneficial. I will feel a lot of tension in my neck. Um, not getting too hippy-dippy, but I think like that's really tied to like the throat chakra and never really having a voice and making my own decisions. And so all my neck. <laughs> And so I will like literally sit in the sun and just stretch out my neck and pull on those muscles or massage my neck. And I find that that has really been helpful for me. The next thing I want to talk about is really utilizing boundaries. And so what boundaries help us do is if someone violates our basic rights or like intervenes with our core values, our sense of safety, you can implement these to protect yourself and honor yourself for who you are. Going back to the trigger, it's good to know these and this way you can own your agency. You can be assertive and protect yourself best. So piggybacking off triggers, understand your core values. So think about what you really value in life. So an example would be, do you value alone time? Do you value working on your goals? Do you value connecting with others? What this will help you do is recognize that you have a right to protect your core values and you have a right to receive healthy communication from others. This way, if someone doesn't understand that or if they see you trying to work towards a personal goal or if you need your self-care time, if you need time to yourself, and if someone isn't really appreciating that, then that gives you a sign that that person is not meant for you. An example of this is saying no to things. If someone's going to be rude about it, they are abusing your core value. That goes back to like knowing your non-negotiables. Like what will you and what won't you tolerate? So if someone is raising their voice because they're mad that you're not going to a family party, then... There are other ways you could go about doing that. Like you have a right to express your discomfort. Someone can say it so much more better, more efficiently. So know that you won't work with that. Something to do during this time is being assertive without any apologies. Don't feel guilty for standing up for your right. Going back to that old, that last example, if someone is giving you a hard time about what you can and can't commit to, don't downplay the fact that you need your alone time or that you need space or that you need to get your work done if that's even something that comes up. Don't apologize unless you've done something wrong. Think about does this require an apology? If not, say that's unfortunate, 
but you're not responsible for it. You might need to repeat and reinforce any kind of assertion or highlighting your non-negotiables. Repeat it with actions. Sometimes people don't understand if you lay it out verbally. They need to see it. So if you are being walked all over, you have a family member coming up and just trauma dumping on you. Know that you can't handle it or you're not willing to intake it. Say that you need a warning. Or if something comes up in conversation that you can't talk about. Say it, but also show that you are not going to be responsive during that conversation. Show that you would rather conversate with someone else. You don't have to give your all to someone who isn't honoring your boundary. Make sure that you're implementing these practically and safely. And then exit when you're not respected. The presence of any red flags or being consistently disrespected. If you are dealing with like a loved one or if you're concerned with any like emotional abuse Maybe come up with a safety plan with the help of a therapist or have a support system if you have friends. A quote that I loved is, you do not have to live in the dysfunction of someone else. You do not have to claim that dysfunction. It is important for you to save yourself and prioritize your self-care. Do not cater to the need of the needs of others. If you are someone who is like highly sensitive, or empathetic, you might always be like devoted to helping someone or making people happy during the season. Like this is the season of giving. And so for me, I've always just felt completely drained. My birthday also comes during the season and like I am constantly just not having it. I just think there's so much getting sucked out of me from every area. And that's the thing. The only people that are benefiting are the ones that we endlessly give to. So we want to make sure that we're helping ourselves first. And if you choose to continue to help people, which I mean, I do. I have a podcast to help people. But if you are going to help yourself first, you'll have more energy. You'll be able to help people the way that you're honoring yourself and giving time to rest for yourself shows you'll be more effectively helping others. During the holiday season too, it's important to reframe situations to help our well-being. So something that can happen to me is that I will ruminate on a thought. This thought will go deeper, deeper, affect me more and more. We second guess ourselves or we blame ourselves for some bad things that happened to us. We say it's our fault or people are going to feel so bad because we chose not to go. So these are called cognitive distortions. They create a faulty outlook. They may seem rational, but they really keep us trapped in negativity. Some examples are black and white thinking. So that all or nothing, all good, all bad. We see ourselves as like too sensitive or weak if we don't participate in everything. And we see other people who maybe do everything as superior 
but it's more nuanced than that. There's more gray themes. And just because you might not go to one event or you might have to take a break does not mean you're a bad person. Another one is catastrophizing. So this is something that I am no stranger to. It's the perceived negative actions of an outcome. So think about when you're saying no to an event, you think that person's going to hate you and be so disrespected. But that isn't the case. And you're saying this and you haven't even said no. You don't know what it's going to look like. You might have a fear of people leaving or how others may react, but your mind from just being programmed and maybe when your needs haven't been met, maybe you dealt with abandonment or rejection in the past, but it may not be the case now. And if that is the case, it's important for you to have that self-love to know that maybe it's time to walk away if someone's going to leave me because I didn't do something that they wanted. It might be a little more nuanced than that, but catastrophizing is something that has required a lot of reframing in my own therapy sessions. And I think it's something that a lot of people who might be like highly sensitive or have dealt with depression and anxiety typically deal with. Another one is personalization. So we attribute other offense to ourselves. Like we personalize rejection. Or another example is you cause someone to react in that way. This doesn't take into account the feelings that other people have. You have to hold others accountable. This world doesn't solely revolve around you. And then the next is mind reading. So you presume to know what others are thinking and feeling. What you can do is observe their actual behavior. And not just the words or who you wish they were. It's one of those things where we haven't listened to our gut as much. We have this thought of them and this idea. We're using a lot of that brain thinking rather than our intuition. Because we've had to quiet our intuition for so long. So some ways that we reframe is moving these ideas to a negative or from a negative perspective to a positive sphere. So identify what you want to work on, write down things that go against them, reframe to a more balanced point of view, and identify how to shift the behavior to a more balanced perspective and so that it positively affects you. So an example that I wanted to do that I think really applies to the holiday season and I have hinted at half this podcast episode already is saying no. In your head, it's like, I can't say no because people will hate me. Your thoughts of or what goes for that idea is that You've been forced to comply with unfair demands or people have walked away from you in the past when you stood up for yourself. What goes against this idea is that you've had lovely people in your life that have tried not to control you and people who have left in your life when you have stood up for yourself and said no, 
are not the greatest of people. They're con artists. What you can do to reframe this is stand up for yourself and say no benefits you in the long run. It protects you from negative people and it helps you protect your energy. If you need to take a break so you can sleep or if you are feeling any kind of going back to the idea of like being a spoonie, like if you are feeling a flare up coming up or if I am feeling a migraine coming up, saying no will let me take care of myself in the best capacity to do so. If you are saying no to someone who has brought up so many triggers, even if you've utilized stuff in the past, this helps protect your own mental health so you can focus on that in your own narrative. This helps you assert your boundaries. And then if people aren't respecting that, limit or cut contact with anyone. It's not worth it and it's not honoring the boundary that you've just established for yourself. And I think more and more light is coming to the beauty of saying no. Like I saw a TikTok recently of like Kim Kardashian being like, I said no to someone and like they left. And Kris Jenner was like, write them a damn thank you card. That's how it should be. We have such like a people-pleasing attitude, especially if we are highly sensitive or if we do want to make anyone happy. And this can be just from our subconscious beliefs. But I do want to emphasize there's so much beauty into saying no. I want you to view too how you see socializing. For me, socializing, as extroverted as I am, I need my rest time. And acknowledging that it takes a lot out of me to socialize allows me to honor my needs. I've also never really had a great relationship with the holiday season. So I think the fact that I'm still like learning how to like cope and grieve with it um, requires me to really take some more time for myself than many people may need. I'm also literally getting goosebumps as I'm saying that. So seeing that like somatic feeling come out um, just goes to show too like how impacted you may be and don't even recognize it until you're presented with it. I want to start with mentioning how important it is to remember the basics. Make sure that you're eating food that serves you. So for me, like I know I feel the best when I'm eating just a ton of fruit and veggies and like protein and just making sure I'm eating healthy to make sure like to protect myself to feel my best exercising whether that be yoga walking some people love running when they're dealing with mental health I know that's helpful for different neurotransmitters like endorphins again like exercising and then the last one is sleep sleep is so overlooked sometimes especially during the season when we're constantly socializing and people want to stay out late or don't really prioritize sleep. It's also a really busy season for my job as we're getting close to the end of the quarter. And so making sure to prioritize sleep is important. And this can help when we are dealing with some of these heavier emotions, when we are lower when it comes to sleep, that really does impact our circadian rhythm, which in turn messes with our cortisol levels and just how we deal and process with stress. So sleep is absolutely fundamental. I could probably do a whole podcast episode on sleep. 
but remembering the basics of healthy eating, exercising, and sleep. So important. Outside of the basics, there are a lot of other ways we can incorporate self-care. One of the big ones is making sure that we are getting a lot of sunlight. Sunlight helps bring in serotonin. Serotonin is implicated with anxiety, just emotion regulation. It does impact sleep, so making sure we're getting adequate amount of sunlight in our daytimes, very important. It's kind of hard to do it in the winter, especially with losing an hour and just everything getting darker at like 4.35. And so I definitely use my happy lamp, whether that be when I wake up early or later in the evening, when it's starting get when it's getting darker early, I'll turn it on then. Getting massages is actually really helpful too. This boosts serotonin. It really allows us to relax. Meditation, going hand in hand with that. Really turning off our minds. You can play music in the background or listen to a guided meditation on self-love and just self-acceptance. Mindfulness is super helpful when staying present in the moment. And this could just be when you're talking to someone or if you feel your body shift, like recognizing like this is happening, letting it pass, and then just reminding yourself of where you are in the moment. Gratitude lists can really help just thinking about all the things you like about yourself and all the things you're grateful for in your life. Whether that be like physical objects or just being able to like read and write. Recalling happy memories. This is implicated in the part of the brain that controls attention. So it increases serotonin. And then in this way, it also prevents any rumination of those thoughts we don't want. Whether that be like, why am I not doing this? Or I can't stand this. Or I'm a bad person. Recalling happy memories is a really good way to combat that. Even like going through old family like movies, if like you feel comfortable doing that or thinking about like good memories with your friends or even like things that you've enjoyed with yourself. Laughter. So like literally watching comedies or talking to someone that's so funny lowers cortisol levels and it also positively rewards or positively impacts your reward centers so with this you're really combating that stress you're enjoying yourself another thing is smiling whenever you can whether that be with a stranger or like sometimes i'll smile when i'm meditating and this literally releases endorphins to boost your mood Being with animals, so big. I My roommate has two cats and I really enjoy spending time with them. It's really good for that happy, like cuddly hormone, not hormone, that happy, cuddly neurotransmitter oxytocin. It lowers cortisol in humans, lowers that stress hormone. It's like physical touch or giving hugs. You can even give yourself a big hug just crossing your arms over your body and giving a hug can like help release that like lovey-dovey emotion to that warmth emotion. 
just show yourself compassion when you're healing and recognize that you're still in this journey. There's nothing good in really beating yourself up over it. Using art as an expression can go a long way in terms of healing. This again releases serotonin. It can be a form of releasing energy, negative thoughts in a way if you don't love journaling. This is a really good way of doing so too. Being productive while still acknowledging that you're healing can be helpful. You don't want to like overwork yourself and then channel that into a more toxic energy trait like the workaholism. You want to make sure that you're still attending to yourself, but picking up a new hobby or picking up something you've always wanted to like learn is a really good way too to help with the reward center and just dopamine in general if you are feeling down. I think too for the holiday season this would be like a really good time to pick up like knitting or like crafting and if you are in the feeling of giving those could be great gifts and you're already like channeling that serotonin like using art as a form of healing. So I also really enjoy the idea of like a warm cup of tea or like a warm hot chocolate and reading, just learning more about things I'm interested in. Having healthy connections can also go a long way. For me, it's been important to surround myself with people who understand what I'm going through, whether that be my own mental health whether that be my migraines or like dysautonomia, like feeling like I'm going to pass out if I'm doing things for too long, really honoring not pushing me. And I think that just goes to show like my values and what I seek and need for good support systems. So I encourage you to look at what you need to really feel fulfilled and to be your best self in relationships. It doesn't have to be what that person thinks of you rather what do you think of that person and are they really supporting you as someone in your life should so during the holiday season don't feel bad for needing extra time to take care of yourself whether that be incorporating some of these strategies or just reconnecting with yourself whether that be working on your dreams and journaling focus on what you want to do The last thing I want to bring about is just social media. I feel like I've maintained such a more positive relationship with social media the past couple months because I've really only used it to help stimulate my thoughts. I love following either funny accounts or things that align with my interests. So neuroscience, speech language pathology, mindset spirituality and so I find myself comparing what I do less and less those feelings still come up um just that fear of missing out FOMO and that's something that I'm really learning how to cope with I think I'm in that period the first time in my life where I'm really honoring the fact that I don't want to socialize 24 7 in college I spent my whole time like Going out, drinking, partying, just always socializing. I can never be alone. And I still have a lot of those thoughts of like, why can't I be alone? Or like feeling weird for wanting to be alone. Like I should be doing something else. I should be going out. I should be enjoying the holiday season. 
And so really looking at what you want and honoring that difference can go a long way. I also like to remind myself that social media is a highlight reel. We never know what people are going through. People are going to share what they feel fit. People are going to want to show the happiest sides of themselves, the perkiest sides, the flashiest sides of themselves. And well, then you got people like me talking about their depression and grievance. But the thing is, we know we don't know what things look like as soon as they post that image or that story. So I always try to remind myself that if I do have any feelings, I remind myself that people have different passions. Like for me, my passion is on these projects and sharing information and inspiring other people to best practice their lives. So it's very important to set your intention for the holiday season and just have like a good arsenal in your back pocket. So if you are feeling overwhelmed or if you do need to boost any feelings, you have that. You know your boundaries. You know what you can and can't handle. You recognize and acknowledge that you may still be going through the healing process and that's okay. Some people don't even recognize they need healing. Everyone is on a different path of their journey and I think we're finding more and more just how much is coming out when we are like acknowledging our emotions and we are really honoring our body. I think I'm like rereading The Body Keeps the Score and I will be making a podcast episode but just the way that trauma is stored in our bodies. We're learning so much. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really wanted to post this before the holiday season because I do get so overwhelmed and I do struggle during the holiday season. So I hope you find this helpful. I'm sending so much love and light and I will see you next time. Have a good one.